0: Welcome to the Women Inseparable Freedom Series with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Here's Jacqueline. So the first seven um, videos that we've done in this series has all been about you, right? It's all been about you. There's some of us that need freedom from what other people are offering to us. Do we have control of that? Kind of a trick question, right? You're back to the question of who's wise and who's understanding in this room? Um, Me? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm wise, but maybe I'm not. Same question, when it comes to wanting freedom from what other people are putting over you or in front of you, do you have control over that? That's the question. How would you answer that question? Partly feels like a trick question. Let's see what scripture has to say. We're going to stay in James. I like how God's been using the same passage, two videos in a row. Um, So we're going to keep doing that. James chapter one is about you and God. James chapter two is about you and God. James chapter three is about you, your tongue and God. Highly recommend. Read over these three chapters. James chapter four starts off with you and God. And he talks very, um, very passionately about the war that is taking place with you. None of us are free from it because we're all alive. (laughs) As long as we're alive, there's going to be a war within our soul. It's going to be that flesh and that spirit battling back and forth. Chapter four is about you and God. And then halfway through chapter four, he changes. I'm going to start in verse 11. But I pray from last video that your study takes you to James 4:10. That whole passage, James 1, James 4:1 through 10. I pray that as you're looking for freedom within that war within yourself, that you'll find yourself in the same position that James is encouraging us to do. Sometimes um, with women inseparable studies, I offer personal challenges. Do this personal challenge. It'll be wonderful. And some of the personal challenges are really, really hard. But if you do them, I truly believe within my heart that once you're done with them, you say, that was wonderful. Once it's over and done. Some of our personal challenges are tough. James throws out a personal challenge in James 4. When it comes to that war within yourself, He gives a personal challenge. Do this. Find yourself in this posture, and I am not going to do that right now. That's between you and God and James chapter four. Highly encourage you to do this. And then He switches. Once you have accomplished that personal challenge, verse 11 comes in. He says, do not speak evil against one another. Who is he speaking to? Who's the receiver of that sentence? Self. You. So as much as he's bringing other people into the dialogue, this is still about you and God. It's not saying don't allow other people to not speak evil against you. Of that, you have no control. You have no control. There will never be a time in your life that somebody is not speaking something bad about you. You do something wrong, somebody doesn't talk badly about that. You do something right, somebody doesn't talk badly about that. Oh, little miss goody two-shoes. Somebody is always going to say something mean to you, bad about you, always. You have no control over that. So why do we let that bother us? Different topic of conversation. Answer to that, don't. Don't let that bother you anymore. You're free from that. Here we go, verse 11. You, however, you, Do not speak evil against one another. Don't do it. And maybe that is where you need freedom from freedom from your tongue. I pray you'll spend time in James chapter three and Proverbs chapter three. You want freedom from your tongue. Those two chapters are your chapters to sit with the Lord with. He says, do not speak evil against one another brothers. The one who speaks against a brother Catch this. Catch this about you. Don't think about the other people that are speaking badly about you. Think about you. Do you love this study? It says the one who speaks against a brother or the one who judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. Do you see how deeply your words are going? And then there's that little word, but it says, but... If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. You have just elevated yourself. You have just caused pride to come out of you. And you're like, I did not do that. I was just. This is what scripture is saying. If you are going to judge the law, if you're going to judge the right, the right behavior of another, you are doing The act of a judge. And then he says in verse 12, there is only one lawgiver and there is only one judge. He who is able to save and he who is able to destroy, that's the judge. Who is James talking about? You? Are you the one who can save? Are you the one who can destroy? And that's an interesting, interesting statement. When we think of our, um, oh, I pray my words are good and kind. Our society has a terminology that somebody will say something evil against us and we'll respond with the term, you destroyed my soul with your words. You have just given the power of God to that person. Consider that. According to the book of James, There is only one judge who is able to save and we testify of that only God can save my soul, but it also says only God can destroy. But yet we give that power to other humans. So when it says, when we were talking earlier about other people talking badly about us and we have no control over that, but we have control on how we respond to that. We can respond with grace and truth and confidence in the fact that God is not the one judging you. If somebody else is coming at you with a judgment stone or with words of evil, don't take it personal. They're not God. It's just another human who's saying words to you. Where's the power in that? Is that fair to say? We receive these words as if God is saying them to us and they let, we let them cut us up so deeply. They, we let these words scar us so heavenly, heavily, and we declare, you have destroyed me through your words, sweet friend. They only destroy you if you give them the power to do so. Does that make sense? The same goes to you, sweet friend, speaking evil against another. What's the point? What's the the point of speaking evil to somebody else? What good comes from that? You say, but I would never, Kate good. J- read James 3. <laughs> <laughs> control the the person he says the one who can control his tongue is a perfect person. And we're back at scripture. <laughs> hmm. There's only one judge. He alone is the one who can save. He alone is the one who can destroy. James points out the very obvious statement and says, but who are you to judge your neighbor? I love these questions. Paul asks questions. James asks questions. Can I encourage you whenever you're reading scripture and a question is asked, will you stop and answer them? Answer them. Even answer them out loud so you can hear what you choose to answer. Are you to judge your neighbor? No, if you just answer the question are you to judge your neighbor what's the obvious answer no <laughs> we say that with such confidence no but I do we ought not verse 13 verse 13 Father God I pray he says come now you who say and he says in quotes a sentence that many of us say Today or tomorrow, we're going to go into such and such a town. Forgive me for turning my words a little bit. I'm reading from the ESV, but I have altered myself a little bit. Today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there. And we're going to trade and make a profit. You could insert a dot, 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 dot. Verse 14, it says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring there's a period, a concluding end to that sentence. What is your life? Maybe pause and answer that question. James talks for four and a half chapters about you and God constantly you and God, you and God, you and God, and you and God, we're doing a topic of freedom. Are we not? We're talking about freedom. Freedom with you and God in every area. And I pray that the scriptures that we're doing in this study will conquer whatever that area is. Because scripture is so vast. It's so deep. It's not focused on just one area. You don't have to get yourself into one box for the scripture to affect you. Isn't that beautiful? You don't have to be inside of this little expected religious box for Scripture to touch your soul. You need to be exactly who you are, where you are, as you are today, and Scripture will do what Scripture does. It's the power of Jesus Christ. But here in this passage, when he's saying about you and God, you and God, you and God, he's talking about the effects of your life. I'm going to plan my life to uh, produce this, and I'm going to do this with my life For my good, this is what I want. I want this that I have to produce this that I want. And we put ourselves in a box, we limit ourselves. Because we're looking at the wisdom of this world and saying earthly good. I see my body in my earthly state and I see what I can do with my body in its earthly state. And I see what I can attain in my earthly state. And I can benefit myself even more in my earthly state. And I can be in my little earthly box and I can benefit my life on earth. And we put our limitations in a box. Does that make sense? God says there's a life so much bigger than what you can see. Your body can do so much more for me if you say yes to me. And I'm not talking yes in salvation. We've talked about that the first few weeks. If you don't know Jesus as your savior, watch video two. Spend some time with questions, with answers in video two. But for those of us that stand here and say, I know Jesus is my savior. I know God is my father. I know the Holy Spirit is in me. You have to look at your body and woman, don't get mean to yourself, but look at your body as it is and figure out, what can I do with my body as it is for God? So that what I'm doing with my earthly ability, I'm not just doing to benefit me and my future and my finances. Because if we give God our instruments of righteousness and we let God to play them as instruments of righteousness, he says, you're going to be blown away. You're going to be blown away. You may say, I have the ability to go tomorrow and next year and make this profit and this good, and it's going to benefit my life and it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to do this and it's going to be good. And God says, yes, you're right. You do have the ability to do that because I've created you but I've created you to do so much more. Do you see the difference? We put ourselves in boxes. Those of us that hate boxes, don't put me in a box, but we limit ourselves by saying this sentence, looking earthly, only looking earthly and saying today or tomorrow, I'm going to go in such and such a town. I'm going to spend time there. I'm going to trade. I'm going to make money and I'm going to, I'm going to do so much with my self and for myself and we couldn't bring people into our box because there's some of us that are saying it's not just for me. I do it for my marriage and I do it for my family and I do it for my community. Good. And you're just bringing them into your box. Do you see this? And God is saying there's so much more. There's so much more. There's wisdom that comes from above. Jesus came and taught us how to pray. And he says, our father who art at heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can use our bodies and our abilities. We could use our finances. We could use our occupation. We could use our dreams. We could use our goals. And instead of putting them into a box and saying, I'm going to do this within this next year, and I'm going to profit within this next year and be in this box, we could open that up and say, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want freedom to use my finances for you. And I don't even know what that's going to look like, but I want to open up this box. And I want to say, I want to go and I want to do this dream, but I want to do this dream for you on earth as it is in heaven. And I want to use my ability with my arms and my legs and my mouth and my ears, but I don't want to do it for me and for my community. I want to do it for you and your community on earth as it is in heaven. Do you see the difference? Instead of having the wisdom of earthly and blocking the freedom of Jesus Christ and the vast direction in which God could take our abilities, we open it up and we turn it all into, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Here's what scripture says, and we'll close with these words. He says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Verse 14. What is your life? With the word freedom within your head, within your heart, friend, will you answer that question? You may want a blank piece of paper and on top of your blank piece of paper, write What is my life and write it down. And perhaps whatever you see written down on that piece of paper, you do what Hezekiah does and lay that before God in prayer. Say, God, this is my perception of what my life is. Will you please show me your perspective of my life? Oh, what good freedom right there. James says, for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this. And we will do this as it is, he says. You boast in your arrogance. Don't do that. Don't boast in your box. All such boasting is is evil. And then there's a verse. A verse that I pray the spirit will speak so truly into your heart. And it says, so whoever puts your name, this is personal. This is about you and God. Whoever knows the right thing to do. And whoever fails to do the right thing for you to do, for you, it is sin. What a fun way to end a video. Hmm. We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable Studies on various social media platforms.